on top i'm prakash and i'm andreas and we're happy to have you well welcome back to all our listeners episode two season four prakash how are you today i've been good i've been good you know in the leading in the weeks leading up to halloween the thing that's really shaken me the most is the recent kim petras album and i think i really want to just come out swinging and talking about it because all I can think about is, like, the crazy slap that is Close Your Eyes Part 2 and everything about it. So let's get into it. Okay. Let's dish. Let's discuss. Okay, I'm pulling it up right now because my personal favorite is In the Next Life and Boo, Boo Bitch. Boo Bitch. Boo yes. Bitch. <laughs> I love how Kim Pet. I love how this album is Kim Petras. I feel like she made, like, these seven-minute clips recorded audio for four <laughs> minutes of it and was like, just put the rest of it in there. Yes, yes. Wait, it's so great. And I love that Kim did this because Kim is the first trans pop star that I have ever seen kind of make waves in anything um, really big. And personally, I feel like the fact that she made a Halloween album, that's so queer. Like, Halloween is the gayest holiday around. And yes. We've spoken I've spoken about been, this before. I've been, like, thinking, like, why has this not happened more among queer artists? And I'm, like, Kim Petras has, like, started a movement. And I'm, I'm like, where are my queer artists taking up the queue? Like, she has created a mantle and queer artists need to step up. Yes, I agree. I, I love the album. I think that there should be more gay Halloween albums. And I had a conversation with someone about how Kim Petras should do better sometimes. Mm. And this is, like, a very soft way of doing better. But when I look at my other gay icons out there, we're going to take this. We're, we're going to take, take it. it. We're going to take pocket. it. We're not, we're not subtweeting Azalea Banks or Rico Nasty, but we are. <laughs> I, had to, I had to throw that in there. I had to I give d- it. I don't know why you just have to cut. <laughs> didn't have to mention Azalea just, Banks. You know how I feel about her. Oh. Wait, I feel like that naturally takes us into some queer current events with Azalea Banks and Lana Del Rey. Let's discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just, I just want to like talk about Lana Del Rey literally like having a come at me tweet. Like, <laughs> I, Lana Del Rey is. I remember I saw this tweet and it was um a guy like step. It was like three guys in a car like shooting and it was Lana Del Rey's 26 rapper boyfriend <laughs> pulling up on Azalea Banks. <laughs> and it's so true. Like Lana is just, she's she's that white girl who just like has these rapper boyfriends and she just <laughs> does it. But that was so out of character for Lana. It was so out of character. I was like, this is the craziest clapback I've ever seen. Like this is my new national anthem. Hello, <laughs> Lana. I was, I was shook. And I think Azalea was just kind of funny with it because Lana just stepped out of character and Azalea had the same old like song and dance she always does. She so. was consistent. We can count right. on her. Yes. Like Azalea will always while out. We got our Instagram story with like dots, not lines, because she has so <laughs> many hot takes, quote unquote, on there. But at the end of the day, my love for Azalea Banks is so deep that the purest I, love we've ever seen here on I Bottoms was, on Top. I caught myself on Twitter reading, like, the Lana hate tweets after that, so. Which existed on Azalea Twitter. On Azalea <laughs> Banks stand Twitter. Which I might be following. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> One last thing I think we have to talk about in pop culture news. Um, Pete and Ariana are no longer together. Yes. 
Yes. The whirlwind romance of the summer is no more. Yeah, I like, for some reason, I kind of like Pete Davidson. Um, and I feel the eyes in the studio. <laughs> I feel there, the there's, there's some, there's some stairs. Yeah. There's a fork being waved. <laughs> yeah, there's like they're coming to burn me at the stake. But <laughs> I'm kind of happy. After he was really weird though to Ariana in a lot of ways. I, I just like keep going back to that picture of like Ariana like in the hoodie with like the lollipop in her mouth and thinking like that was about to be like a whole era. Like that was about <laughs> to be like a period of our lives and now it's not and i'm like i don't know how to feel about that like on the one hand more queer iconography like that lollipop but (laughs) (laughs) on the other hand on the other hand and um i'm just gonna quote a good friend of the podcast perrin carrillo um he pointed out that Ariana Grande listed on her album Pete Davidson and Better Off, like, in order from each other. Yes, yes. Her mind. She, her she mind. set it up. Her mind. Also, like, I feel like Ariana just has this, like, trend of making albums with whoever she's currently seeing, like, as, like, the core feature and element of that album. And Sweetener just took it to another level. She was like, hi, I'm putting your name on it the really song. It really did. And it's not... It's not uncommon for artists to take, like, heartbreak and relationships and make music, but Ariana just, like, she went there. Yes, it is her brand now. Yeah, but I think Ariana's had a really rough year, and my heart goes out to her, everything that's happened. between yes. yes. Like, the concert was technically last year, but right. still, like, that doesn't go away. No. Um, Mac Miller, the internet hate, breaking up with her current boyfriend. It's just, Ariana, get some well-needed rest. Get those donuts. Yeah. That's all I want. I have something on my mind. Okay, dish. So, uh, I know we're not much of a visual podcast, because that's not what a podcast is. But I recently got a haircut. I shaved my head. Um, and my hair has never been that long. But I just want to discuss it, because I was reflecting. I did it. Um, I had my roommate cut my hair for me, which was great. And only for me to like go back to a barbershop and get it shaped there, but whatever. Um, it was great, but we edited. <laughs> yeah, we did a little editing, like we do in the studio. Um, I love I love a shaved head. I just never thought I'd be that faggot that shaves their head. And now I am. I, she got the full Britney. Yeah, I kind of like it. I like this trend of like shaving your head for a minute. I'm... I'm just thinking, I'm just working through the thoughts, I think it's like a way know? to color a period of your life, you know? It You're is. just like, I want to punctuate, like, between here and here, and how am I going to do it? I'm going to do the Britney. I'm going to do it that way. There we go. I'm going to shave my head. I'm going to get it done. And yes. I think I've done that before. Like, I dyed my hair, like, gray, and then blonde, and then, like, another era of, like, bluish black <laughs> summer of freshman year, which was also an era and then I like came back to school and was like okay we're cutting this all off again because it's dead it's literally dead (laughs) it's over literally my hair was so dead like I would go to the beach in the summer and my hair would just kind of like fall because it was like (laughs) wet and like could not hold up like like, yeah it was horrifying but it's great I feel like a lot of gays go through a few like hair periods there's always like the cut the dye and then I I feel like once you're stable or whatever you just like kind of stick with one hair yes yes crazy for me for me i've had like beard styles and none of them have been solid up until now i'm like pretty happy with this one but i was the 
the boy in middle school with like a pencil mustache and then once that went away i started experimenting like no facial hair a goatee for a little bit that was a <laughs> i'm sorry can we get the receipts on the goatee wait there's oh like a gosh. there's like a picture of me at like a panic at the disco concert in a goatee in the back <laughs> row sitting on like a blanket like i'm just like this is like this is if i had a man bun this would have been like the full moment Mark and era. <laughs> like, that's the era yes <laughs> i love it i feel like but i gay people are just so much more inclined to like experiment with yes hair we're and chameleons hair. yeah yes. it's great but yeah if y'all see me on campus don't be shocked when you see a little egg with glasses that's me <laughs> <laughs> a little egg yeah she's cage free all natural <laughs> cage free all right, let's switch gears a minute here. So, Prakash, in two weeks is Ivy Q, and you are the headmaster of Penn's group of Call Ivy me Albus. <laughs> She's the headmaster. The headmaster. J.K. Rowling wrote me in the script is queer, and here I am. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, Ivy Q is coming up in two weeks. Very excited. We have a coalition of about, like, 30 queers who are riding up there. But let me tell you, Andreas, it has not been all sunshine trying to plan this jush. Like, this week, when all of the acceptances came out, this is going to be a little subtweet at Brown. I love you. The organizers are doing so well. But, however, we <laughs> had like 70 applications and only 30 of our pen students got in and they cut like 40 pen students straight up from the list and I'm like that lower than 50% acceptance rate no other school has experienced and I'm just like um um it's crazy yeah I was like looking and you know there's just this chunk of 40 names from Penn on like the the list of people who got it who didn't get in and it's just like University of Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania like, That's cr- so you can see all the rejections. Yes. Ooh and that's tea. Mm, that is tea. But other than our less than 50% acceptance rate crazy um how has the planning for IVQ been? I I hear this year we're going so I'm signed up to go. I might not go. I'm sorry, guys, but we'll sorry, see. Sorry. <laughs> but I see that we're zip carring down this year, which is a yes. total turnaround from last year's IBQ at Yale. Yes, we're trying to be innovative. We're trying to be creative. We're trying to keep these queers on their toes. Yes. Queers can't drive, but we're <laughs> driving up there anyways. This bottom is going to be driving a group of five students. So to all of you, I wish you best of luck. Reckless bottom behind <laughs> Watch out, um, girl. But yeah, we're going to be driving up there. And honestly, I'm kind of excited for this. Like, it's going to be like a little five-hour road trip each way. Like, lots of bonding time. Lots of time to get to know each other. Because I feel like the bus is, like, fun in a way. But it's also, like, disconnected. You know? You don't necessarily interact with people if you're not sitting directly next to them. Whereas in a car, you're just, like, there are five of you. And you're in this one space. And there's one aux cord. Like, you gotta you got to deal with it. you got to... You gotta mingle or die. Like literally. Yeah. I feel so, like that's great for people to know each other. Hopefully, as long as nobody goes in with that mentality, like my headphones are in, fuck the world. Right. Like right. don't do that. Don't, don't be that do person. That. You know? Fight over the ox cord. Give us a little bit of tea. Like yeah. that's what we're here for. Like somebody I just can't wait for that. I feel like it's always a two and a half hour mark where like the faggot bops stop. Yes. And someone puts on some like, like some music they actually like. Yes. You know? <laughs> like someone puts on Mitski and everyone just like draws inward and starts crying slowly. Oh my God. Like, so true. At my washing machine hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Road trips are iconic. Well, I'm looking forward to IBQ. Hopefully I'm able to go. It's been, uh, I'm going to have to make this decision, but hopefully I'm able to. And if not, we're, regardless of if I go, we're going to have some contacts. We're going to have so. that queer coverage. Right. So look out for it, ladies. 
And that's that. That's that. Whatever. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with a good friend of the podcast, Omar Martinez. How are you, Omar? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm dead. But <laughs> you're here. I'm here. That's what matters. That's what matters. So we invited Omar on to just have... We could have picked up any faggot for this. However, we picked Omar because he's recently re-downloaded Grindr after a long hiatus. Not re-downloaded. You just told me you're back on and you're messy. For the first time, I downloaded it. Sweetheart. Oh! <laughs> oh my god, this is Oh, we're better. getting fresh impressions. Yeah, so we are having an in-depth discussion. Grinder gets a lot of talk, obviously, on this podcast, because what else do we have? Crazy. <laughs> but um, we want to have like an in-depth discussion about just Grinder and anything that has to do with it. And Omar is new to the Grinder world, and we <laughs> thought he'd be great for this episode even if he wasn't new we have like <laughs> multiple stages of like grinder activity currently we have new i have recently full disclosure gotten off of grinder i've been off for about like a month and a half two months why does it sound like i'm talking about being off of a substance this is an aa meeting yes. like, this is it. This is, that's how grinder feels hello my name is prakash and i use grinder literally so i and i'm in a different state i was off grinder for about like a month and then i went back on for like a week and a half and then i deleted it again so chaotic energy yes yes very much so okay so first order of business with grinder i want to talk about the way now omar this is more about us like instructing you now but what's changed in grinder over the years insane (laughs) it has become like a totally it's still just as messy. It's still just as much of a hole as it's ever been. But <laughs> but they've added some things that just, you know, it adds to the livability just a little bit. It does. So Grindr functions like a social network now more so than just like a dating app. From what I'm understanding, like I kind of get like, or at least what they're trying to do, you know, like yeah. the explore page, like where you can like rock it off into another like country. And then there's the... They have um, a group chat function. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's no. new. So who's gotten put in a grinder group chat? Anyone yet? I got put in a grinder group chat like 10 minutes after I downloaded it because my friend put me with like three other strangers to try to see like what I do. And <sighs> I was just there like, excuse me. <laughs> um, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> my picture hadn't even fully uploaded yet. Like, I don't know how he knew it was me. I was just there like... Wow. Sis, this is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Grindr group chats, just the concept of it kills me. And I'm kind of upset because I feel... Do you think this is the death of the, like, couple... Like, hot couple looking... Right. (laughs) Is this the death of that tile? Is that it? I'm not sure. I still get that tab from couple looking or, (laughs) like, all that shit. Yeah. I feel like... I remember when, like, Tinder, there was, like, the whole group swiping thing. Yeah, I was in, like, a swiping group when I was on, like, a spring break trip. And we would just, like, swipe on random other groups who were trying to go out and, like, see if we could go out with, like, any of them. And it was all just, like, groups of people who had no, like, they were not looking for anything, like, together. And there were separate, like, couples, like, Tinder profiles. So, you know, we can coexist. Coexistence is... This is true. And I feel like that's what we're going to see on Grindr. The group chat function, I just can't. Personally, I don't see how. I mean, I know how it's going to be used, obviously. But it's like, I just don't see the utility personally. Right. Um, 
in other grinder happenings. So I think this happened over the summer when Grinder included the pronoun section. Correct? Right. That was over the summer, I want to say. Yeah. Which is great. It just makes me mad that so many people take it as a joke. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people will put like a an animal or like a something ridiculous in that field. Yeah, like some like pronouns daddy. Like okay, like just make it your like grinder name or something. Yeah. Or put it in your bio. You know, the pronoun section is something that means a lot to certain people and yeah. gotta respect that. Yeah. What else has been new? I'm, I'm missing a lot, obviously. What are some of your favorite grinder features that have been added? I got a voice message yesterday and it was one of the weirdest experiences Wait, of they my have life. Voice messages? Wait, I love voice messages. They have voice messages. I did not know this. I kind of love voice messages. Really? Okay, wait. Tell me more about this voice message you've received. Like, literally, last night I passed out with Grinder open. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was just there and I woke up and had like 20 notifications. I was like, that little green dot really messed me up. It really did. <laughs> and um, I just got a voice message of like a twink my size talking in a voice like this deep, telling me, like, <laughs> what's up, baby boy? Like, <laughs> kind of like. So, show whole question mark like just like a series like oh that. My God. Like I blocked instantly because I was like, "Yo, this is too early." Like <laughs> I can. It's nine a.m. Jesus is in my mind. Like, <laughs> wait, chaotic evil starts anytime it wants. That's crazy. Okay, I can't. I can't believe I can't, I can't write things like that, let alone speak them like, right. non-ironically. That's crazy. But if some people feel comfortable doing that, go off. What else? Um, okay, so that's about some of Grinder's changes, right? Let's talk about something that Prakash has had on his mind for a minute. Prakash, introduce this concept. Give us some background. Yes. Grinder misconnections. Yes. So back before Grinder and before apps were dating apps were like big, Craigslist was like I feel a major major place for for people who uh, just saw someone or uh, in like their everyday life who they wanted to uh, talk to and just didn't have the courage to or just like it didn't work out in some way and they they're able to like post on Craigslist like oh this is a misconnection like I saw you at a coffee shop and I really wanted to talk to you and I kind of regret not doing that now and I'm just putting this out there for anyone who's at this coffee shop. That was me. Right. And this kind of falls into that same line where Craigslist had the personal ads yes. at one point, which yeah. was kind of like an earlier form of online dating and kind of like looking for either kind of um, like out of the norm sex. So right. that it would include like kinks or people looking for different types of like non-heterosexual like relationships or like different types of sex in that sense mm -hmm. would go on to Craigslist and post these personal ads. And I think that the misconnections page was definitely more of a, it was more wholesome, I think. Right. Than the personal. A lot always. of it was like, Oh, I like saw this person and I thought I would love to talk to you more. Like, and things yeah. like that. I just didn't get your number or, you know, all these really wholesome little like missed, miss misconnections. Literally. <laughs> so, I'm sure we've all had some Grinder misconnections where, you know, I never like to catch feelings when I send a message on Grinder and, like, maybe I don't get a reply. Mm. But you can't help but sometimes being like, wait, I actually, like, kind of wanted to talk to you. Yeah, like, yeah. you seem kind of cool. Yeah. So let's dive in. Omar, you want to start? Do you have, have you had a misconnection yet on Grindr? Um, not really a misconnection. It's just a lot of, like, weird coincidences that happen. Like, I'm hoping, like, 4 a.m. a guy's like, yo, and I'll be like, Okay, <laughs> and then nothing will happen. We'll just be there and we'll just like 
shoot the shit for like hours and then I'm like back home and I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, I, like, like people just, just chatting, right? It's like, like they're actual people sometimes and I'm just there like, whoa, you didn't want to like use and abuse me? That's the first. <laughs> Whole question mark. <laughs> We're not just doing that. Yeah, I like, I kind of like that though when people are there just for chatting. Mm-hmm. Right. But it also feels like a misconnection when you've chatted with someone for so long and then it's like, definitely. Yeah. It just doesn't, yeah. Like, you don't even like get to see them. Like it, it may not be like about the sex, but it's like, oh, I just didn't actually get to like interact with you in person. Right. Okay. And I think the like incentive of it is to chat with the intention of sex. Right. So when you've been talking for so long and sometimes the like air of hooking up leaves the conversation, yeah. then the like prospect of meeting up is like useless. Right. <laughs> it's like I don't right. want another friend. Right. <laughs> Her circle is full. <laughs> so, Prakash, how about you? Do you have any misconnections that? Wait, are okay. On I have a, like a like an interesting one. So last year, um, th- this was like on Penn's campus too. Like there was this person whose like picture was like cut off below their face, and you could just tell that they were a POC. Um, and I like had a hunch that they might be like South Asian, um, but it didn't. They didn't like reveal their race in in their profile. And they just, like, messaged me and said, it's nice to see other, like, Indians, uh, like, other queer Indians on here, like, uh, like two days after I, like, noticed his profile on there. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so we, like, talked about, like, queer South Asians and things like that. And I was, and I was like, at one point I was like, wait, so, like, are you a Penn student? Like, do I know you? And he was like, I'm, I am a Penn student. Um, and you do know me. I know you. And he, like, says my name. He's like, I know you, Prakash. And I was like, oh, you've known me this whole time. <laughs> and I was like, well, like, who are you? <laughs> and he was just like, guess. Uh, oh, my God, I hate that. I was so upset. So, like, uh, I was, like, you know, like, tossing a few names around. But, like, the problem is, like, this was definitely, like, not someone who I interacted with every day, you know? Right, like, so okay. it's, like, I basically was trying to guess, like, which South Asian person that I've met do I not know is queer but could be queer. And so, like, now I'm just, like, listing all these, like, South Asian men and, like, like kind of semi-outing them in, like, this weird way. You know, it's, like, this weird position to, like, kind of put me in. So I was just, like, yeah, mm, I don't know how to do this. That's <laughs> so, a really bad position. Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of, like, was, like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> and he just, like didn't really message me much after that. Like, after I, like, kind of was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, misconnection, because I feel like there was, like, a really cool conversation, and there was just, like, a lot happening, but, like, just didn't turn into anything more because I couldn't figure out his name. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can just count him as a fan. Yeah. Like, a fan, <laughs> a fan, yeah. of, a fan of her work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll count it as, a fan of Prakash. So, misconnection, if you're out there listening, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> This goes out to the boy who was interning at, like, some law firm but goes to McGill oh. um, over the summer. We, like, chatted for a solid, like, week and a half, and then he left to go back to Canada. <laughs> and I just, like, never met up with him. <laughs> and he seemed like a really cool person, and it seemed like we had a lot of the same interests. So, hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Grinder, you bring us together. You tear us apart. <laughs> <laughs> so we've aired our misconnections. Maybe we should tar- take, start taking submissions. Yes. That'd be funny. Yes. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear your misconnections, honestly. Tweet at us at Bottoms on Top on Twitter. 
please follow our Twitter, which is new thanks to our production assistant, Sammy, who manages that page. Also our fact checker. Yes, our fact checker, our production assistant, our social media manager, my bootleg secretary. <laughs> what would I do without Sammy? Omar, do you have any more thoughts on like what you've been experiencing? I downloaded Grindr and Tinder, like, I'd say, a week ago. And it was the most, like, you gotta grow up quick experience of my entire life. Like, <laughs> I uploaded my picture. It's not even, like, a thirst trap. It's just me just chilling. I'm, like, on a couch, doing whatever. Like, ten minutes pass by, I get the notification, it's approved, and I got, like, ten pics at once, and I, like, had a whole, like, falling out moment and I was like I don't know what to do here this is overwhelming a new gay arrives in the vulture <laughs> yes are literally circling. <laughs> circling they really got into the gallery and went bang bang bam 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 oh my god I was like good for you but also like stop <laughs> so I guess it's a little bit more serious but as someone who's just downloaded Grinder, do you feel any closer to like the gays now or is it just like a more efficient way of meeting people intimately it's more efficient way of meeting people intimately. Literally, anytime I have like a kiki with anyone on Grinder, they're always like, "Okay, looking question mark," and that's <laughs> when everything just like the entire atmosphere changes, and I'm just kind of like, "Okay, I guess like let's do this." Yeah, I feel like I I think Grinder like it depends on where you are like situationally. Like sometimes I'll be on it like if I'm traveling and I'm like. Mm, I kind of just want someone to, like, go to a gay bar with. Right. I'm traveling with my, like, straight girlies, you know? But if you're at home, like, the intention is usually, like... Something to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, host? <laughs> question mark? Question mark? Like, hosting. Bottoms and... hung. <laughs> <laughs> hung bottoms. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> so, You're more... welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, tell your... <laughs> she was about to be like tell your friends <laughs> this didn't make any sense well Omar thank you so so much for coming on Bottoms on Top we loved having you it was my pleasure bye <laughs> this is welcome back everyone so as we mentioned in our first episode, we are trying to bring more recurring segments on, so not just Nick's Silly Faggot Corner, although we love him to pieces. We are inviting more people on to give, to have their 15, 10-minute spot every month or so on the show. And today, we are here with Amber, and Amber will be doing Today in Trans. Welcome, Amber. Thank you. Um, so what Today in Trans is, is basically an overview of the trans news around campus and in general in the in the wider sphere of the world. Um, I, I don't know how to describe it any more than that. It's That's about it. I think it'll speak for itself. You can expect to have Amber on the show every two to three weeks. So, well, every two to three episodes, because, you know, we're bi-weekly. Y'all know this. We have the same, like, 50 listeners. Y'all checked up. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we just dive into it? So let's start off. So the structure, first we're going to have news updates on campus, what's going on in Philly. Recently, what Penn Nonsys has been doing, which, if you aren't aware, is the trans group on campus, uh, is we've been having uh, GBMs every week, which is 
not that different from last year, but we are now having them on weekdays, so they're more accessible for the general pen population. And um, we've just been having different discussion topics each week. Um, last week, we talked about self-advocacy uh, and educating your support systems, which is vitally important because you can't have a support system without them knowing how to support you. Um, That's tea. Seems reasonable. <laughs> Um, and we are going to be hosting uh, our annual Gender Talk event uh, in November, I think November 16th, uh, where we um, have kind of an open mic night, uh, usually focused heavily on poetry, but we do welcome anything else. Are there any notable speakers or any pieces that you're excited to hear at this year's Gender Talk, or is uh, things kind of just falling into place now? Uh, we are currently accepting submissions. We should have the Facebook event up by tomorrow. Um, I'm excited to perform, but I mean, I'm sure people don't want to hear me talk about myself. So uh. we literally do. <laughs> That's why you're here. This That's why. <laughs> what was the segment again? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Well, save the date, listeners. November sixteenth. Anything else happening before Gender Talk? Yeah, we should be having a few more GBMs. We might be having a s'mores night on October 26th uh, in collaboration with QSA. It's like just a study break kind of thing. Is there anything that's been going on in trans news, either like nationally in Philly or at Penn? Yeah, I think a lot of people might have seen um, Dr. Rachel McKinnon, who is a scholar, um, recently participated in a cycling race. Um and she's a transgender woman, and there has been a lot of backlash because she won the race, um, because she is trans and competed against a bunch of cisgender women, and um, the fact that she won has been faced with a lot of controversy because people, uh, you know, trans people in sports have been a controversial topic for a long time, I think since the 70s or so, um, at the very earliest. People like to argue about... Um, who has an advantage in sports? Do do trans people, especially trans women, have a biological advantage because they were uh, assigned male at birth? Do uh, I, I feel like transgender men aren't as talked about in these kinds of controversies, though. I feel like um, the fact that uh, trans men do testosterone, do, do testosterone, inject testosterone um, to transition sometimes is like, far less considered when talking about people competing in sports than transgender women but yeah to to bring it back uh this transgender woman competed in a cycling race she won a lot of people are angry about it because they feel it was unfair to the cisgender um competitors so the committee of the tour i guess that that makes sense <laughs> they obviously have more progressive rules in terms of who can participate and the participants are not so with that is that mm -hmm. the case for most sporting events where the structure is there but the participants minds are not there or is it just like that was an exception where there are like acknowledgement of trans participants in athletics uh, i feel in general there is a a general acknowledgement that trans people are allowed to compete in sports um 
The IOC's stated fundamental principles of Olympism is an ode to inclusivity, as stated on this VeloNews.com article, um, which states, The practice of sport is a human right. Every individual must have the possibility of practicing sport without discrimination of any kind in the Olympic spirit, which requires mutual understanding with a spirit of friendship, solidarity, and fair play, which basically states trans people should be allowed to compete in sports. And so right. yeah, trans people are generally allowed to compete in the sport that um correlates with their um you know uh gender identity um and there are regulations that go with this as well uh transgender women are required to be on testosterone suppressors for a year before they're allowed to compete in women's sports um and huh. transgender men as soon as they start testosterone are uh no longer allowed to compete in women's sports they have to compete in men's sports for the most part i'm sure people have heard about the transgender boy who um was forced to compete in female wrestling and dominated the competition uh right and then everyone got mad about that too mm-hmm. um so yeah she uh, dr mckinnon had been on testosterone suppressants for um over a year and her levels of testosterone were almost non-existent um and that happens a lot with transgender athletes because they are so fixated on the idea that these women should not have any drop of testosterone in their bodies that they end up having lower levels than cis women Mm. um and and then then the argument comes down to is it you know fair because you might have a greater advantage because uh, people assigned male at birth tend to be taller or have more muscle mass and um, that kind of thing. That's interesting, and I feel like people won't have answers, but I think that it's very relieving to know that the Olympics is kind of setting that standard where once the benchmark is met, like, the I guess the biological benchmark test of, like, testosterone levels is met, that people can participate in sports, which is good to hear. I just wish, I guess, it goes back to education, what you were saying before. Got to make sure your support network is educated. And that's also interesting because I feel like it's also, it seems alienating, especially in sports, which a lot of people kind of like this, like, comrade kind of mentality in sports, but that just seems really, really alienating, especially if you win. Like, would this controversy have happened if Dr. McKinnon did not win? Right. And that's really interesting to note is it just kind of barring these um trans successes from like you can be good but you maybe can't be the best and it's a question i'm wrestling with after hearing all of this yeah um that's a thing that is talked about a lot is if a trans athlete is mediocre no one talks about it but if a trans athlete is really bad then they're like why are we letting this trans athlete participate in the first place and if they're too good it's why are we letting this person take over in a space where they're not actually uh like a part or welcomed in and on that note amber thank you so much for this news update today yeah no problem we look forward to the next one in about three to four weeks we like to keep our listeners waiting thank you for listening to bottoms on top with myself andreas pablo and me, Prakash Mishra. We'd like to thank our podcast producer, Ali Johnson. Our editor and executive creative consultant, Sammy Gordon. Wexler Recording Studio in the Kelly Writer's House. Julia Score, who made our cover art. And Andrew Ellis, who created our theme song. Find them on SoundCloud at Dummy Fresh. We love y'all. See you again in two weeks.